Our scripture for today is Joshua 1, verses 1 through 3. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on the land I have given you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, I've noticed as I've, I've walked through life that for some people, change is delightful. Okay? They, they are like surfers to me. The bigger the waves of change, the more fun they're having, right? Full disclosure, that is not me. That is not my family of origin either. In fact, that is, I learned the opposite lesson growing up. And just to give you an idea of how fearful change is for my family, you could ask Kevin, or I could tell you, even Leah's nodding, which cracks me up, um, that my whole family, three generations, have lived in the same neighborhood of San Antonio their entire lives, okay? When my grandparents moved houses, they moved two streets. And one time when I was a child, we moved, and we moved five blocks away, okay? Okay? And one of the ways, as I'm an adult now, I realize one of the ways to guard against uncertainty and to kind of give yourself a hedge if you don't like it at all, like my family doesn't like it, is to just get the lay of the land and stay put, right? We know this neighborhood. I went to an elementary school that my mother went to. I had teachers that my mother had. Oh, you're Susie's daughter. I mean, you know the shape of that landscape. In fact, when my dad and my stepmom decided to move to Austin, the hinterlands, about a dozen years ago, it was cataclysmic for my family. And everybody said, oh, pretty soon you're going to be coming back to this neighborhood in San Antonio, right? And it's still, still to this day when we have Thanksgiving, they'll gather and they'll say, well, I think eventually you're going to move back, right? So... When I started feeling the call to be a pastor, it was this huge, in my mind, dark uncertainty yawning before me, and eventually I had the courage to talk to my family about it, and they were like, no. Wait, was that your plan, Laura? No, it was not. Well, then don't deviate from the plan, right? You had a good plan. It was going to work, you know, Um, and they said, look, here are some of the problems with that. You never know where you're going to live. (laughs) that bishop could move you anywhere. He could move you to San Angelo. He could move you to the Valley. You could be down in Corpus Christi. That is a terrible idea. They said, you never get to pick your house. There's a parsonage, and you're just going to have to live in it. That's going to be awful. It could be right next door to the church. (laughs) They said, imagine if you ever have children. I was not even dating anyone at this time. They said, imagine if you ever have children. What a rootless existence you will be giving them. So I'm thinking about all this, and it wasn't just those concerns. I mean, I could add to y'all, I could add to you what I was afraid of, okay? I, was, I had a lot. I could make a big list, but some of them were, did I have the gifts for this? You know, in high school, they aren't, there aren't like pastor prep courses. You can't like try it out. So I had no idea. I'd never preached a sermon. It seemed terrifying. I had never seen a female pastor, ever. 
So I wondered, you know, can a woman do this? And then, you're going to laugh because the last service did, but this was big on my heart, was if I go out into the world at 19 years old and say, I am called to be a pastor, will I ever have a date again ever in my life? <laughs> That's a real fear, you guys, okay? <laughs> and I, I was truly afraid that if I signed on to this, I would never, I would be single for my whole life because nobody would want to marry me. I found a fool, though. Who? <laughs> I'll come back to that later. Um, so those were my fears, and I really remember it as, on one hand, I had the call of God, a God I loved, and I wanted to be his child, and I wanted to follow him, but on the other hand was this tidal wave of uncertainty, all these things that I would not know the answers to before I got to sign. I had to sign a contract that I couldn't read beforehand, and That's a similar thing to what Joshua faced when God called him. So God says to him, Joshua, Moses is dead. I need you now to lead my people. Okay, but if if you begin with Moses is dead, that's the only thing I'm sure Joshua heard. Moses is dead dead. Moses, who had been the people's leader for decades, the only leader they ever knew. Moses, who led them from slavery into freedom. Moses, who God spoke to face to face. Moses, who carried down the Ten Commandments and taught the people what it meant to be children of God. Moses, who they looked to whenever they had a problem, Moses is dead. And Moses has died before the story was finished. He didn't see them all the way through. He got them part of the way, and then he died. And the people were still on the wrong side of the Jordan River, and the people still hadn't fought all the battles to get the promised land. And, 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 and. And that's when God says to Joshua, it's time for you to lead. And Joshua is terrified, like any of us would have been. He's terrified. And part of that, you have to think about that this is not the first time. Some of us may not remember this, but it wasn't like God finally brought them there and, okay, now we got to do it. Forty years before, 40 years before when Moses was still alive, God had brought the people to the Jordan River and said, the promised land's on the other side. Go get it. And the people sent out 12 scouts. Kind of, it was like, I love that it's foggy today because it was like a foggy day, right? It was a land they'd never seen. And so it would be like if we sent out scouts and said, tell us what's out there because we can't see it. We've never seen it before. And please tell us the the lay of the land and, and what it is God's giving us. And so the scouts come back, there were 12 of them, and Joshua was one. He's a young, young man, Moses' aide. And he and Caleb come back and they say, it's amazing out there. It's glorious. And the land is so rich, you won't believe it. I I can't wait for you to taste the fruit. And there's room enough for all of us. And when God promised us in slavery we'd have our own land, this is what he was talking about. 
But before the people can get excited, there's these 10 other guys who say, okay, so yeah, it's okay land. But the people there, you haven't seen the people who inhabit the land. They're giants. They're taller than any of us. They're stronger than any of us. You haven't seen their cities, their fortresses, the walls we can never scale. We don't have the tools, the weapons, the equipment. We, we cannot go up against these people. They will slaughter us if we even cross this terrifying river. Our children are going to die in our arms. We need to run away as fast as we can. And so fear spreads like wildfire through the people. And they begin to say, we need to not only leave this fearful land, but we need to go back to being slaves in Egypt. Moses is trying to calm them down. No, listen to God and have faith. They won't listen. They're like, back to slavery. Back to slavery. Back to slavery because, see, they, it was a terrible existence, but they knew the shape of it. There was nothing unknown. They're so afraid of the unknown that they're willing to trade the future that God has for them for going back and being slaves. And in fact, they do turn around. God does not send them back to slavery, but they spend the next 40 years wandering in the wilderness. Now, a couple things about this. I want you to notice that the spies are actually looking at the same thing. They're walking through the same land. They're seeing the same vineyards, the same people. And 10 of them come back with, this is terrifying, and we're going to die and run away. Slavery would be better. And two of them come back with, God is good, and his promises are real, and this land is everything that he promised us. What I learned from this, friends, is it matters the eyes that you look at the world with. Because these people are looking at the same thing and coming to radically different conclusions. And so it matters what you teach yourself to see. Ten of these men have been teaching themselves as they followed God through the wilderness, as they've gone through Sinai, as they've done all this, they have been teaching themselves to be afraid. In small ways and great ways, they have been teaching themselves and learning fear so that when they finally stand at the doorway to the promised land, it's terrifying. But the other two, as they've walked on that same journey, have been teaching their hearts to trust in the Lord even when it's terrifying. They've been choosing courage and strength and faith. And so when they walk across and look at the land, they see hope and possibility. So the first tool I could give you today for your tool belt and facing uncertainty in the future is when you have small choices for fear or courage, choose courage in small ways. It will train your heart up for the big choices. Because when we get to those big moments of decision, we are likely to do what we've been choosing before then. We are very unlikely to change. So in small ways, as you can, choose strength and courage and choose faith. The next thing that we need to think about 
And this is just a kind of a gut check, a heart check for us is think about the people now who chose fear, all of them chose fear, and they spend 40 years wandering in the wilderness. And I wonder how often in our lives, because of fear, we are afraid to follow God into the unknown, and so we just wander in a wilderness. When God is holding open the door to the promised land. So the mercy of God is that God, they do wander and that first generation dies and then God says to the children of those people, including Joshua, hey, try again. Only this time, you guys, the situation is worse. Moses is dead, the river is flooding, and that's when God says to Joshua, Joshua, it's time for you to take over. What? Now? I mean, we couldn't have some, some better succession plan than this? is that we get to this most terrifying moment and God says, it's, now it's your turn to lead. So let's pick up another tool here. Um, as a, a very accomplished warrior, I will tell you one of the things I've learned is that I do not effectively, my worries do not effectively predict what happens in life. Right? You, sometimes worrying tricks us into thinking, oh, I'm planning for an uncertain future. But had Joshua spent dedicated time worrying about things, do you think he ever would have predicted this, that Moses would die and the river would be flooding and God would say to him, hey, it's time for you to be the leader? No. And what if at that moment um, when God said, Joshua, it's time to lead, and he's scared, he would have said, oh my gosh, I just need to sit down and worry about this a little bit. And the people would have said, hey, what are we going to do? Wait, I'm just, I need to worry. I just need to worry. No. You know, you guys, there is such a difference between planning and analyzing and getting prepared and worrying. Planning is always moving you down the road. Worrying, you're you're backing up or you're stuck. The most dedicated worriers fail to add a single hour minute to their lives. In fact, quite the opposite. They lose. We lose when we worry. So first tool, small choices. Build up your courage with small choices of courage and strength and faith. And the next tool, and put worrying aside. It gets you nowhere. It steals your time and makes you more afraid. Just put it aside. So then God says to Joshua what we're going to pick up instead. And he says this. This could be a life verse. For many of us, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified or discouraged, right? Joshua did feel terrified, just like we all do. And God is saying, oh no, put that away and choose courage. Now, I love that because it gives me another tool You and me, part of what's so scary about the future is we cannot predict what's going to happen to us. We can't control what's going to happen to us. Um, And sometimes it's terrible. But God is saying here to Joshua and to us, in every situation, we may not be able to control that the river is flooding and there's giants over there and your mentor has passed on. You can't control that, but you can pick your response. 
you guys, we cannot control what happens to us, but you can always choose how you respond. In every single situation you face in this life, you get to pick how you deal with it. Every single time, that's your call. You have power and ownership. And Winston Churchill, in the dark days of World War II, he said to his people, fear is a reaction. Courage is a decision. Choose courage. Choose strength. Choose the Lord. Then we have this final thing that God says, our final tool in the belt. He says, do not be afraid or discouraged. Be strong and courageous, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And let me read a little bit more what Pastor Greg read. Um, I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you step your foot, you will be on land I have given you. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. That's how we do it. That's, That's the greatest, most wonderful tool in our tool belt in facing an uncertain future and being unafraid is that the Lord is with us. The Lord is with us. You say, well, uh, God's not calling me to lead the people across a river. Oh, but don't y'all have some giants? Aren't there some fortified cities? Aren't there some terrifying things? And maybe you made a decision in the past or you were, like Joshua, he's thinking, I couldn't convince them in the past. How is the future going to be any different? Oh, man, y'all, the movement of God is towards transformation. It's towards healing. It's towards changing this world. And when we put our feet to that path, we're not striking out on our own. God is going that way, and we're just getting to follow along. And so God didn't say to Joshua, hey, Joshua, do I have a plan for you? You need to go do, you need to go get the people across the river, and you need to go fight all those giant people, and you need to take the cities, and you need to settle the people and report back to me. I'm going to be standing back here. God said to Joshua, I'm taking my people across this river. I'm going to face down those giants with them. I'm going to give them this good land, and you get to walk beside me and lead them as they do it. Now, that's a different call when God is going and we're just following along. That's a call for courage. And you guys, when I was struggling with the call that God was placing on my life, I remember so clearly that day. I remember how terrified I was. I had been struggling with this call for months and all the fear and anxiety and all the unknowns. And the pastor preached a sermon about being called, whatever that shape that was, and right to the heart. I knew I was called. I was just too afraid to say yes. And then we, we sang, here I am, Lord. Not fair. And I was sitting in the back, back, back corner, right? And I remember thinking, not me, not me, not me, not me. But also thinking about how God had moved in my life. The darkness that the Lord had seen me through and the things that he rescued me from and the strength that he built into, into my life through adversity. And I knew he was calling. And he wasn't going to let me read it before I signed on. I was just going to have to sign my name and trust him. And I thought, what is my faith worth if I can't do this thing? And so 
The scaredest I've ever been was to stand up. It was an altar call in a Methodist church. Unfair. We don't do that. But it was an altar call. And I walked trembling. Almost turned around right there because there was a door. I almost left, but I came up. And with shaking hands, I said, I think God is calling me to be a pastor. You know, I cannot imagine what my life would be like if I had been too afraid to answer the call of God. I cannot. Because that day, the, the campus minister was there, and he invited me to lunch. Um, and I got to meet some friends who were also called to ministry, some women, some men. And at that Wesley Foundation, there was a man named Kevin Hykus who didn't think it was crazy. Maybe not that crazy. He gave me a look. Um, to be married to a pastor. So y'all, if I had been too afraid that day, that moment, I don't know if I ever would have met my husband. I don't know if I ever would have had my kids. Am I saying that God is calling every one of you to be a pastor? (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay? But God is calling every one of you. Every one of you to something wonderful and terrifying and unknown. God is calling every one of you. And if I could encourage you in any way, it would be don't sit there and let fear determine your future. It will rob you of the best things in life. In small ways and great ways, choose courage. Throw worrying out the door. Choose courage. Go with the Lord when he calls because it changes our lives. And so when all the uncertainty rises up and everybody else is saying, oh man, this is bad, you square your shoulders. You hold your head up. You say, man, my God is a God who is not afraid of change. He is not afraid of change. And so I'm not going to be either. I'm going to be like Joshua who went from a terrified aide to a man so great in history that we've got a book of the Bible named after him. God wants to do some wonderful and amazing things in your life too. Don't be afraid. Be strong. Be courageous. And follow him with courage into the unknown. Let's pray. God who calls us beyond our comfort zones and into the, the unknown. Um, remind us that what you were promising Israel that day was the promised land. It was not disaster, it was joy. Help us to hear your voice above all the rest in the world. Help us, Lord, when we're terrified like Joshua was to, to choose courage, to choose you. And Lord, I know that you are calling each and every one of us here in different and wonderful ways to be bold, um, to step outside of the neighborhoods we've always lived in and to dare something new. And I pray, Lord, that you would be with us, going before us, leading the way, and that we would have the courage to take your hand and follow you there. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.